0: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Bucks Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary and Bucks Wire editor, Luke Easterling. You know, I think we're right in the middle of this, so, no know, it's one thing to make predictions about, it, it's another thing to go do it, and I think our team's got to go do it. You know, it's it's a new team, it's a new year, new challenges, so this team at the end of the day has done nothing, haven't even had a regular season practice yet, so still got quite a ways to go before we can get to that first game, and then we'll see kind of how we've done, but definitely uh, it's not like we're firing all firing on all cylinders out there. Just a little reminder right there for Brady, isn't it, Luke? Just drilling at home, seems like seems like he's been trying to do that a lot just just letting people know that yeah the depth chart might look the same but that doesn't really mean jack for 2021 right and the same with Bruce going on about guys dropping passes to start his own presser during the joint practices with the Titans this week those two appear to be in lockstep with their message and uh that's a good sign for the bucks i think but uh hey man good to be back how you doing
1: hey it's it's great to be back ryan it's, uh, it was a nice welcome off season but uh but yeah the rubbers meeting the road uh and we love this time of year right when we get to to jump back into things and you know, for, for this team, if you go back and listen to uh, the, the the Bucks team, their in house digital people do a great series called In the Current every year, which is a great behind the scenes kind of weekly look at what the team is doing. And they did a, a season recap in five pieces of of the whole season. And went into the playoff run and and did it. It's you know they they do the kind of work that NFL Films does with with you know one thirty second of the resources, sure, right? So sure, I, sure. I love the the work they put in. But but one of the the big mantras in the you know moving into the off season in that piece that we heard from from Brady in particular was and th- this will come into play in in how he influenced the team last year, right? When when Brady walks into the room, everybody listens. When Brady wants something done, everybody does it. Not because. He's, you know, you're afraid of him not because, you know, you have any sort of like, oh, he's a superstar and I'm just, you know, you know that whatever he's telling you is backed up by that trophy case. He is not telling you that because he thinks he's special. He's telling you that because based on 20 years of of being the most dominant, you know, individuals, you know, in terms of success and accolades athlete in this game, he knows what it looks like. To, to win championships. So last year that manifested itself obviously in the team winning a championship because they they saw those things and took things to a different level based on what he was a lot of what he was saying. Obviously it's a lot more to it than that, but you know, going into this offseason, I think that's going to be even stronger of a of a response on the team's part because he, what he's telling them now as someone who has been one of the few quarterbacks to repeat as a Super Bowl champion is Everything I told you, forget about it. Right. Whatever right, right, we right. did last year, Starting over matters not one bit this year because everything else is different. We're going. He, he had a great quote about the fact that you, the the hardest thing for guys to understand when you try to repeat is that you think you know what it takes because you did it once and you assume that everything you did last time is just going to be what works to do it again. Because like, oh, I did this this way and we won the Super Bowl. So I do that again and we'll win the Super Bowl. That's not how it works. There's too many other outside variables and how other teams are going to play you and what the schedule is going to look like and rule changes and, you know, weather and where you're playing. And obviously last year's COVID protocols versus this year's COVID protocols and the vaccinations and, you know, fans going to be in the stands as opposed to not having any fans in the stands in certain places. So, you know, Brady's mantra early on in this offseason was, yes, there are some universal truths to what we accomplished last year, but there are going to be very few and far in between, and we need to, to, to really look at this year with a, a whole new lens. And I, I think if if last year's results are any indication, I don't really have a lot of doubt about this team being able to hear that, to take it in, and to turn that into action on the practice field and on the game field in September.
0: No, it's it's a great point because you've seen it this year too. Brady's tweaking that thing because a couple times in front of the media, he's made a point to say – Yeah, I'm a little pissed right now. We didn't have a good practice. You know, we didn't have any. And he keeps saying and he kind of keeps reminding you. He's like, yeah, you know, we're not just going to walk on the field and slap it out there and and win the Super Bowl again. You know, he he is. And and I just got to say this, Luke. I mean, I was watching his presser, uh, you know, on, you know, online on the, you know, the team little video there. And God, he looks like he, he he barely looks like he's 30 years old. This guy, he just turned 44. And I don't know. He looks like he's wearing like a little kid's mask or something. He looks so freaking young. I don't know what that guy's doing, but he looks good. He looks ready to roll for what is this? this is like 21st season or something. It's it's out of control.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one thing if they keep using the same headshot every year. Right. What if they like stop? using <laughs> But like that's him in real life. I think he stopped using the he's still using the face from yeah. 15 years ago. <laughs> right? I, it's not a, it's not a digital trick. I, I don't know what he's doing, but the face hasn't changed. I don't get
0: it. Yeah, you're right. It was you, It's one thing you see the, the photo and you're like, ah, yeah, that's right. That's yeah, doctor. they're just
1: using the one from 07. It's but fine. It's, I get it, it. It's
0: jarring when you see it on video. So, yeah, it's uh... go,
1: go ask how many how many uh, col- sports columnists are still using their headshot in the paper from 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, my God. Do I, it did, all
0: I did that. I did that. to My newspaper. Of course we working. do. That's oh, the yeah. way it
1: works. My, my Twitter profile pictures of me when I was like two years <laughs> yeah, old. I was, was, was going to ask Ruse you about that. I was going to ask you about that.
0: No, no. I
1: do that for a reason. I haven't looked any better than I do in that picture. I, You know, that's, I lo- that's what I do.
0: I love that you said that because I worked at a newspaper for like 12 years and my headshot was still the one of, from my intern year. The, the only headshot I took when I was from the year I got there. And people ask me to change. I'm like, no, no, I look nice and young in that one. I like it. So that's so, no, true. Well, I mean, so true.
1: Yeah, I got started in newspapers when I was 18, fresh out of high school. And I remember going into work and seeing the columnists that I saw their pictures in the paper. And I was like, oh, those pictures are, are not... Terribly current. And then when I <laughs> grew out older and I ended up like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. Leave my photo. Don't change. I, I completely understand.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, although my uh, my father in law was in town this past week, he's a big Bengals fan. He lives out in Cincinnati area and uh, he was talking a little bit of crap about the Bengals beating the Bucks in that preseason game. You were telling me before we started recording, Luke, just basically, you know, take that thing with a grain of salt, right? I mean, don't, don't worry. I mean, we're hearing all these reports about the team kind of not clicking on all cylinders like we might expect them to. Just like naturally coming off of last year with so many guys being back, we probably just expect them to hit the ground running. It sounds like they're not really clicking 100% yet, not where they want to be. That's, that's what we keep hearing. But you basically were telling me before we started uh, recording here. Take it with a great assault.
1: I mean, obviously take it with a great assault for a lot of reasons. I think the first reason is that go look at who played in that preseason game. The Bucks starters were out on both sides of the ball after the first series. And that first series, obviously, the offense ended with a, a sack on Brady, which, you know, he, he didn't like what he saw. He went down in a heap because he knows it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, and then, you know, the defense, the starting defense had one possession uh, and they forced a fumble. Uh, the Bucks forced a turnover on each of the three first three possessions of that game. Uh, so there's a lot to like there, but you know, the fact that they lost 19 to 14 in the rain to the Cincinnati Bengals without Joe Burrow, without any of the starters really playing a whole lot. I don't really care. Everybody got through. They have one major injury, obviously to a, to a reserve player, which sucks, but you know, to get out of that game as healthy as possible is all you really care about. And if you want to talk about a team that knows how to play when it matters, <laughs> look at a team that was seven and five at the buy last year It was not looking so hot and didn't lose again. So I think this team knows a thing or two about when it's okay to, you know, take it with a grain of salt and when it's, when it's time to get to work when it matters, I I don't have any worries and I don't think fans should either.
0: Yeah. And and when we see Tom Brady get sacked, we just say, all right, Kyle Trask, warm it up. Let's go. (laughs) Let's get, let's get you in there. Obviously the, the stat line was pretty ugly. Uh, completing just four of your 15 passes, not great for your debut. But you wrote some positive things about Kyle Trask, which uh, was a little surprising. What, what, what do you think about this kid in his debut?
1: Right. Yeah, it's surprising if you follow my draft work, right? Because <laughs> right. I'm not a huge Kyle Trask fan. Not, in a, in nor was a, I. A vacuum, you know, a big macro 32 team level as I evaluate all the players. Like he was not a second round player for me. Right. Obviously, the Bucks a little bit of a different situation than most teams, where you know you can make a luxury pick. And obviously if you don't, you know, why not take a chance on a quarterback? If you think he has the tools to develop, I get that. That's fine. Um, And if you would have taken him, if you take him in the third round, I'm probably okay with it. So the fact that I took him at the end of the second, I mean, what's the difference really for a team that really doesn't need anything else. But in terms of trash, the player, what do you want to see? Again, we're talking about the preseason. Who cares who wins the game? It's what do you see on film? What are the players actually doing? And when you send a quarterback, out on an NFL field for the first time ever. What do you want to see? You want to see that the moment's not too big for him. You want to see that the game isn't too fast for him. You want to see that he's not, you know, unsure in the pocket, that he's not dancing around. He's not seeing ghosts. He's not, you know, clearly confused and and frustrated by what's happening in front of him and not getting rid of the ball. Kyle Trask looked like he couldn't care less that he was in an NFL game. And And I mean that in the best way. Very comfortable in the pocket could see that he was challenging himself with some really tight window throws. Zach Wilson actually for the jets had a great quote about this after practice at jets practice a few weeks ago where he said, you know, I'm going to throw interceptions in practice. I don't care. Like this is where I'm supposed to learn what I can and can't get away with at this level. That's what practice is for. Right. Right. I got to know in practice, like, Oh, I can't make that throw. I can't pull the trigger there. Let me know what I can get away with. So that when the game happens, you know, when to pull the trigger, when to eat it. Right. So, you know, I think when when looking at Kyle Trask's performance in that game through that lens, there's so much to like. He challenged himself with some really tight throws. He had some really great throws that were dropped. Uh, had a great ball down the sideline that, that fell right into the receiver's hands, right at the sideline. Should have been a catch, bounced out of his hands. That would have changed his box score quite a bit. But again, a guy that, you know, he escaped the pocket when it was time to get out of the pocket. He sat and waited and went through his reads when he was supposed to and wasn't trying to bail too early. Again, a guy that just looked... For a, for a rookie in his first action, a guy that was very comfortable in his own shoes, very comfortable with what he was seeing in front of him. And again, the numbers might not bear that out, but as someone who has every every reason to uh, to want my evaluation of Caltras to be backed up by him not looking the part, I, I didn't see a whole lot there to 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 be upset about. If I'm a Bucks fan,
0: I like that. It was a, you you definitely could have done the "I told you so" thing, Luke. And you and you resisted the urge so good for you that's uh that's really big of you actually that's very impressive i'm not gonna lie As well somebody, see
1: now it's going back the other way now you're gonna make my head you know yeah. now I'm gonna be like, oh, so because, I, I did a great job because good you
0: could me. have taken that stat line and just said see i told you second round Well, to and again
1: this is also where we get to the point where i remind people like i don't want this team to suck <laughs> right yeah. you know it's exactly. like people i don't understand why people want bad things to happen so they can be <laughs> right like no i Much rather be wrong and have the team win. That's not, I don't care. I just, I want, I'd rather be happy.
0: Yeah. It's called being take committed, Luke. You just, you got to die on that Hill sometimes. Uh, But you know, another rookie I want to get your take on is uh, Joe Tryon. right? I mean, this is a player that we've been excited to see. The bucks really got their guy. We talked about that after the draft and he delivered quite a hit. It was loud that, that second quarter sack and he was flagged for it. Bruce was not happy. Arians praised him. He liked what he saw. Looks like this guy could be a, a good little piece rotating in behind Shaq Barrett, behind Jason Pierre-Paul, right? So, Joe Tryon, what did you think about his debut? And, and is he still on that kind of trajectory to be a player that helps the Bucks out on defense this year?
1: So, fun story, real quick. Before I get to that, we're gonna you're gonna have to humor me for a second.
0: Here. I'm in. Let's go.
1: I'm I'm 17, 18 years old. It's it's uh, 2003, and I'm at Raymond James Stadium in the huddle at the Hillsborough County High School All Star Game. And we, it's in the third quarter, so we made some adjustments at halftime. <laughs> and unfortunately, one of the things we messed up was we put the wrong protection on a drop back instead of – it was supposed to be with a rollout. Somebody met, like, mixed up the call. So I called the play, and I dropped straight back to make a throw. And if you watch that Joe Tryon sack, you know what happens next <laughs> because the protection slid away from the outside rusher, and I got that nice, beautiful like college baseball home run sound. In your ear hole, uh, when you get helmet to helmet hit by a blindside outside linebacker, so I just I, I had to mention that because it just put me right back in those shoes when I saw Joe Tryon do. It's probably about the same spot on the field too, I think, uh, to that game. Even in an uh, All
0: Star game, you took a lick like that, huh? Damn,
1: it was. I tell you what, man, it was fun to watch on film afterwards, though. I made <laughs> you know one of those like battle scars where you feel like, okay, I made it. Sure. I got I got ear hold. Yep. Anyway, Joe. I mean, Joe Tryon is is as advertised, man. I mean, this is a guy that. The re- one of the biggest reasons the Bucks are so excited to get him is, is they look on paper, you know, 6'5", 260, the long arms, the athleticism, the strength. They're like, what's not to like about this guy? And then the only reason you can even say he was on the board there is because he opted out, right? He opted out of the whole season, didn't play last year. So you're going back to 2019 to try to get film on the guy. And when you have... A, a, a class of edge defenders that was so deep. There's so many guys. I think there was like five or six of them that came off the board right before the Bucks picked. And the whole time they're sitting there like, please just let it fall. Like <laughs> he's the guy we want. You know, no, Oway goes off the board. Greg Rousseau goes off the board and they're just seeing all these guys go and, and trying and still on the board. And I think that had a lot to do with it. You know, when you've got 2020 film on a guy, as opposed to not having it, you know, uh, that has some weight in a lot of draft rooms. So sure. thankfully for the Bucks. They were in on him very, very early, like we spoke about it you know in our podcast after the the draft. They were so happy to get him and now we're seeing what a mistake it was by the rest of the league to let a guy with those physical tools those that potential and that physical ability end up in a not just a, a Super Bowl champion team that's deep and doesn't really have a whole lot of needs you're putting him on a team where he gets to learn behind Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett. He doesn't even have to start. He's going to rotate in while learning from one of the best tandems, pass rushing tandems in the league, and you're putting him in Todd Bowles' defense, one of the most complex, creative, aggressive defensive systems in the NFL. You put all that together, his personal ability, what he can do as a player, the, the knowledge that he's going to be able to soak up from the players that he's around, the fact that he's going to be playing against Tom Brady in that star-studded Bucks offense in practice every single day and the fact that you know Todd Bowles is going to unleash this dude and, and find every way to get him on the field in advantageous situations and maximize the talent and the skill set he has because that's what he does with everybody on that defense. And it's just, I mean, it's, it, it looks like a home run pick already. Obviously, it's you know one preseason game in, but you see why the Bucks were so in love with this kid and you see all the writing on the wall as to why this kid can be special here.
0: I love it. We're off and running. And uh, if you were with us during the regular season last year, you heard our little segments, our, our experts from USA Today across the network, fantasy football, sports betting. We'll have that again this regular season. Not quite yet. but So to keep us on time, to keep us kind of fresh, Luke, I'm just going to throw some stuff at you next segment. I'm going to throw a fantasy football question your way and throw a sports betting question your way. You in for it? Let's do it, man. Right, we'll do that coming up next. All right, Luke, my fantasy football question of the week. We'll do this here, you know, for the next couple weeks here in the preseason. Buy or sell Rob Gronkowski in fantasy this year. Now, I, I saw you wrote an article about him that posted today, I believe. Right now, on average, he's around the 14th tight end off the board, going around 130 overall. So I think people drafting right now probably have him capped at what he did last year, but you wrote about how you think he could go beyond the numbers he put up last year you feel like he's further along physically and can outperform. it. if he does, I feel like he outperforms that average draft position already. Right.
1: Absolutely. And and it, just go back to uh, compare the situations that we have now with what he had last year, you know, last year you're, you're coming fresh out of retirement, right? So you're coming out of, you know, you're trying to get your body in shape. You're trying to get, you know, back in the, in the swing of what it takes to, to be in NFL shape on a daily and weekly basis. And that takes time. And I think that was that was born out in his, you know, first half of the season as a receiver. Right. I mean, as a blocker, he was a huge part of the offense. But, you know, it became a a running joke. Right. That, oh, he's a blocking tight end. Now he joked about it in the press conference. You know, he wasn't getting the ball, but he didn't really, you know, he was he was getting there. Right. So I think if anybody's looking at last year's numbers as a cap, I think they're forgetting the fact that he really wasn't a factor in the passing game for most of that first half of the season. And then if you go look at what he did, obviously, in the playoffs, the Super Bowl, you know, he and Tom obviously have that magical connection. So if you talk about a guy that now coming off a, a full season, going into the offseason, going through offseason workouts where you're back in the swing of things, your body is right. It's thanking you for the rest you gave it a year and a half ago and mm-hmm. taking that year off. Mm-hmm. And you have another year in the offense. This is the same thing for Brady. They're going to be so much more comfortable and confident in the protections, in the motions, in you know, where you want routes run, you know compared to the other receivers. You have so much more chemistry, you've had so much more time to gel as opposed to last year. Where where is the information that's pointing you towards Grant can't be any better than he was last year? I don't see it. I, I don't see any reason why if he's telling you that he feels more comfortable in the offense mentally with what he's being asked to do. His body has never felt better. He's back in the groove. He's not having to get himself into football shape. He's already there. Brady's back. You saw what they did in the Super Bowl. The connection is still there. Why in the world wouldn't you think this guy I mean, look at the depth chart, too. We talk about how many tight ends they have, but O.J. Howard's coming back from a season-ending Achilles injury. He's had a pretty rough training camp. He had a nice catch in the preseason game, but you know he's obviously still working his way back from being injured. Can't really count on him to be 100%. Cameron Braid is a, a, a nice, reliable target when they need him, but he's not going to threaten you know, the, the target share that much. I think if you're anything, you may be concerned that with Evans and Godwin and, and A.B., that maybe that's going to keep him from getting the ball. But I think he's going to be a very big bang for your buck tight end. He's going to catch touchdowns. He's going to make big plays. Tom's not going to stop looking his way just because he has other pro bowlers to throw the ball to. Again, at that, at that ADP, I'm buying all day long.
0: I like it. Look for the value with Rob Gronkowski as a number 14 tight end off the board. Does seem too high. Value there. And here's a fun one. On the sports betting side, Luke, I like this one. I was looking at kind of the the futures bets, some of the specials that the uh, the sports betting app that I use uh, had. And odds for the Bucks to win their first five games of the season – set at plus 450 now I'll run down that for you that's home against the Cowboys in the NFL kickoff game against Dak in his sore shoulder right and one of the league's worst defenses from last year so we'll see how much they were able to improve there that is home against the Falcons in week two now we know what's going to happen in that game right the Bucks are going to trail by a couple scores at halftime and then win going away because that's exactly what Tom Brady does to the Falcons every time they play he does it on purpose. Yeah, he does. I mean, come he on. Does. Especially the game last year, I was shaking my head, and uh, I actually put a little wager on the Bucks at halftime. I'm like, I know how this ends. The Rams on the road, week three. That might be one of the toughest games on the schedule in the entire that, season. That's the yeah, one. That's, that's the, the one.
1: one that keeps me from taking this bet, yep. Ryan.
0: Yep. And then at New England, that's a win for the Bucks, and uh, I'm a Patriots fan, so you know I'm telling the truth. That's a win for the Bucks, and home against Miami. That's a win as well. Brady owns the Dolphins in his career, so I, I don't think the Dolphins with Tua are ready to challenge the Bucs. So yeah, it is that game against the Rams, right? That's the one that sticks out like a sore thumb, Luke. I could justify every other one, but if the Bucs are going to win their first five or you know make a run at a perfect regular season, which people are trying to say is uh, is doable, and I, I know their schedule is among the more easy, that game does stick out, right? So you wouldn't take this bet because of that game. That one's kind of that one. That might be the one.
1: Yeah, I mean, in general, it's hard for me to take this bet just because it's really, really hard to win five games in the NFL in a row. It's just hard. You know, It it don't care who you are. Or, I mean, look at Kansas City last year, losing to the Raiders. You know, every great team we've seen since 1972, you lose. It happens. Like, it's just so hard. And when that schedule came out, that was the one that was like, you know what, it's week three. You probably got two wins in a row. You're feeling confident. You're going out on the West Coast you've got at new england coming yeah, up next week right afterwards that not kid. that you know brady's not an idiot he's not going to look ahead consciously but there's so many different factors that tell me you know going out on the road to the west coast when you know you have another road game on the, literally as far as you could possibly go away from that in new england the next week and i it just everything spells to me and go look at the way they played them last year they played them at home and that defense gave the Bucs a lot of problems. Obviously, this was before the bye week when they kind of sorted out a lot of that stuff and they had a great finish to the season. But, you know, it, it wasn't just, you know, the, the Sean McVay offense and that, you know, talented offense giving them problems. It was It was Brandon Staley and that defense that was giving them a lot of trouble. Throw in the fact that, in my opinion, Matthew Stafford is a significant upgrade yes. at quarterback from Jared Goff. And I think that is going to be a huge reason why the Rams are going to be a much better team this year. I, that's the game that makes me feel really, really queasy about them running the table for those first five weeks.
0: Yeah, I had it queued up, Luke, but I think you just talked you talked me out of it. Uh, I had it queued up, but I had to get your take, obviously, because that's this is what I do. I cheat and, and get the extra I'm just advice. trying to
1: help you, man. I'm just no, trying yeah. to help.
0: I saved a little bit of cash there, so I do appreciate it. Yeah, that that game is scary, but uh, you know, a lot of people were, have been have been saying Bucks Bucks undefeated regular season. So I've been tr- I was looking for those odds. I couldn't find it, but I did find first five games plus four fifty a chance to make a little dough there but you could tell that line is uh it's tempting but it's not quite tempting enough right it's just low enough not to be not to pull the trigger i think so you talked me out of it yeah I'm i think
1: i think overall i think there's probably you know the rams game is tough i think the buffalo bills are probably going to be their toughest opponent all year long it's a late late season game down here in tampa um maybe a
0: and Super i think Bowl they preview they, maybe
1: they probably lose a really stupid one, right? They, I mean, it's just, you know, especially with 17 regular season games now, it's just at some point somebody's going to catch you on the wrong day. They're going to play the best football all their lives. You're going to have a few mistakes. Maybe the weather plays into it. I feel like whether it's Carolina or New Orleans or something, you know, somebody's going to beat them that shouldn't beat them at some point this year. and It's going to be a really frustrating loss, and maybe it propels them to, you know, run the table the rest of the way or whenever it is. But, you know, I, I feel like three losses is, is – as many as I could find this year. I think that, again, the Rams are going to present a tough challenge for them. I think the Bills are going to be the best team they play all year. And I think that maybe somebody steals one from them otherwise. But 14-3, and three, which sounds really weird to say still, it's going to be really hard to talk in 17s moving forward. Yeah. But uh, I think that's the record for the Bucks this year.
0: I like it, man. Good stuff as always, Luke. Good to hear your voice. Good to be back breaking down the Bucks football, man. Um, I'm looking forward to it all year long. And we'll we'll get at it again next week. Sound good to you?
1: Hey, it sounds great, man.